0: Good morning, Highlands. It's good to be with you today. I'd invite you to turn in your Bibles to um, Psalm 119, and we're going to be looking at uh, verses 1 through 16 today. I think in your um, in your Bibles, in front of you, in the chair in front of you, you'll find it on page uh, 536. And um, as we continue in our series in the Psalms this summer, you know, songs for all season. Um, this is one of the longest songs in the book. I think there's like 176 verses in this, uh, in this one song. And our staff uh, has committed to memorize it. I mean, not the whole thing uh, in its, you know. But we've, we've broken it up. Each one of us on staff are gonna, I think, memorize uh, eight verses. So this is part of my, what I've been uh, thinking and meditating about So I wanted to share it with you. Um, But uh, as I was meditating on this section, um, I was reminded of the power of God in my own life. And those early days, I reminisced. uh, And uh, recently, well, a few years ago, I actually connected with a friend uh, uh, who had an instrumental impact on my life. Uh, You see, spiritually speaking, I am grateful that the trash was not dumped from a particular garbage can on a particular day, on a particular location, on a day in 1969. Let me explain. (laughs) While a graduate student in physics, in the late 60s and uh, early 70s, my, my friend Steve was on his way. He was brilliant. He was articulate. Um, already he was receiving national awards for his work uh, in graduate physics. I think he was in his doctoral studies when I, when I met him. And there wasn't one research in the country that didn't want him. And he, wasn't, he, he hadn't even graduated yet. But Steve also had this strong moral sense about him, um, he was increasingly sensitive to the civil rights movement, which, which was rampant in the 60s. He was involved uh, in the anti-war protests or the Vietnam War and even organized demonstrations uh, as such. But still down in his heart, he was saying, he had inner struggles that he just could not deny. One day... While in McCarty Hall, it's a dorm there at the UW, while glancing down in a garbage can, he saw a magazine. <laughs> he pulled it out of the garbage can and began to thumb through it. Well, well the magazine was published by Campus Crusade for Christ. And what he read infuriated him, so much so that he went back to his room, and he wrote a six-page essay on why I hate Campus Crusade for Christ. Well, why? (laughs) I mean, why? Because God's word has power. In Jeremiah, it says, "Is not my word like fire. Uh, That's the Lord's declaration. And like a hammer which shatters rock. You know, my question is, if that made Steve so angry, why didn't he just throw it back in the garbage can and just forget about it? Well, Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. The Bible says that, that God's word um, will not return to him void, but will accomplish the purpose for, for which he said it. This magazine was different because it contained God's word. <laughs> and that perforated his soul, unlike any other magazine that he had ever read. You see, um, what uh, what particularly struck him was an article in that magazine. It was written by a black man. and And back then, he championed civil rights, so this particular article was especially interesting to him. It captured his imagination. And in that article, this author shared the four spiritual laws. But what are they? He knew the physical laws. He could articulate them. He could mathematically uh, describe them, but he had no clue what the four spiritual laws were. And so he read on He read the first law. It says that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. That was news to him. John 3.16, for God so loved the world in this way that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Later on in that same book, uh, John says that Jesus said that um, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly all news to him. So why is it that most people today aren't experiencing that, really, in this this world? Well, that leads to the second law. And, And Steve read this. He says, man is sinful and separated from God, and therefore he cannot know and experience God's love and plan for his life. God's word says that for all of sin, every one of us, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Man was created to have fellowship, but because of his own stubborn self-will, he chose to go his own independent way, and therefore, that fellowship with God was broken. And what does sin cause? Well, it causes a separation because there's this huge gulf between, between God and man. God is holy, basically, and we... Are not. And nothing that we do can take away our sin. It's a dilemma. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sin causes separation. And just, just like in physical death, where the body is separated from the soul, so in spiritual death... A spirit is separated from God. But law number three, he went on to read, reads this. Jesus Christ is our only provision for man's sin. Through him, you can know and experience God's love and make that connection to the first law and plan for your life. Jesus died in your place. Romans 5, 8 says this, it says, but God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died, get this, for us. He didn't die for no reason. He died for us. And you could substitute your name there. He died for you. He died for me. He rose from the dead. He died for our sins. He was buried in Uh, 1 Corinthians 15 says he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. He appeared to Peter and then to the 12 and then to more than 500 people, some of whom were still alive when it was written. 1 Peter 3.18 says that Christ suffered for sins, suffered for your sins the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. He's our mediator. He's our mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. It's not enough to know these three laws. I mean, you could know them and still not experience God's plan for your life. And so Steve read on, he said, we must individually receive Jesus as our Savior and Lord. It's a personal decision. And then we can know and experience God's plan for our life. And the fourth law says simply this, we must receive Christ. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, that for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Revelation 3 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens the door, I will come into him. We must receive Christ. And the thing about that door, the door knocks only on one side. It's only on our side. If any man opens the door, I will come into him. Now, Receiving Christ involves turning from God, to turning to God from self. That's actually called repentance. And trusting Christ to come into your life and forgive your sins and make you what He wants you to be. And these laws are great news. But in the hands of the Holy Spirit, they're powerful. And Romans 1:16 says, "For I am not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ for what? It is the power of God. Somehow, the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God in a way unlike any other, in a powerful way, to impress on a person's heart and expose their need for a savior." And when Steve read these laws, he rebelled. And even the notion of needing a savior, he felt the push. He felt the pressure. You know what I mean? The power of the Holy Spirit. It says that the spirit of God will convict us of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And he was feeling that pressure. And so he pushed back because God's word brings conviction to a soul. Now, Steve knew the laws of physics, backwards and forwards, but he didn't know these spiritual laws. He he rebelled the fact that sin had no cure without Christ. Couldn't accept it, that it was a free gift. Couldn't accept it. Why couldn't a brilliant physicist like himself figure out his way to God? Why couldn't he develop his own plan? Why couldn't he do God his way? Well, there is something about God's word it reveals. It exposes. It, it, it presses in. Hebrews 4 says the word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as a separation of soul and spirit. It is able to judge uh, the thoughts and intents of the heart. His words can go down deep where, it, where other things just can't, even to the depth of our soul and spirit. God's spirit can, can use his word to expose our thoughts and our intentions. One night, Steve went to dinner at the McCarty cafeteria, which he normally would have. And uh, he got there and discovered the place was was full. I mean, there was only one table with one seat available, and so he sat down only to discover that at the table were two girls that had just returned from a campus crusade winter retreat, and they were so excited they just couldn't stop talking about Jesus. And so he listened. And he ridiculed every word they said. But God's word convicted him. The words in that magazine just could not escape his attention. He tried everything. But nothing was found to satisfy this inner turmoil. Actually, the way he described it was this inner corruption in his soul that he knew he had. Maybe it was true what the the black author had written. Maybe it was true what these two girls had experienced. So he decided, finally, he admitted that he needed help beyond what he could control. He decided to give Jesus a try. And so in his dorm room alone... He knelt by his bed. He thought that kneeling was part of it. (laughs) And he prayed the prayer that was found in that little booklet, The Four Spiritual Laws. And God's spirit, using the word of God in its life, brought liberty and cleansing to his soul. Because God's words does that. It brings freedom and cleansing. Jesus says, now you are clean, what? Through the word that I have spoken to you. Psalm 19 said, and guys, look at this. You want to pursue purity? This is one for us It says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping your word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. God will give you the power through the Holy Spirit to live a life of purity as you know and follow him. You know, after Steve prayed that prayer of repentance asking Christ to come into his life, he he realized he needed some more guidance to pursue this new relationship with Christ. And he he thought that, well, I'll go to the next uh, Campus Crusade meeting. Only he did not know anyone from Campus Crusade. Wouldn't you know? That same day, he just had run into and met one of the two girls that were sitting at the table that evening, and she invited him to the next meeting. So he went. And as he came, he seeing only uh, 12 people there. You know, I thought, well, this is pretty good. And the director greeted him. And the director shared with him the four spiritual laws. And Steve says, well, I've already made that commitment, you know, in my dorm room just recently. And the director says, well, would you be willing to share your story, you know, tonight? Now, you gotta, you gotta get this. My friend wears glasses that were big, thick, black, framed, thick lens glasses, and he hid behind them most of the time. He was an introvert. But he thought, well, there's just 12 people here. It should be okay. So he said yes. The only thing he <laughs> forgot about, he didn't know, was that the meeting wasn't supposed to start for another hour. (laughs) By the time the meeting started, there were 150 people in the room. (laughs) And he felt trapped, you know. But since he'd committed, he went ahead with it. So there in that packed room, Steve shared this simple story without any Christian lingo, no cliches, About what had happened in his life. Because he didn't know any, really. He shared exactly what happened to him. And in the following days, he heard other Christians talk about things like John 3 16, 2 Timothy 3 uh, 16, uh, 2 Corinthians 5 17. And he loved numbers, so he said, I gotta get into this. So he started reading the Bible and devouring it because God had promised to help him grow through his word. God's word helps Christians grow. It promotes growth. Every time he opened it, there was something new for him. And he just ate it up. Psalm 119 says, 103 says, How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. In the coming days, he committed to memory many portions of Scripture. And, uh, and then he started leading Bible studies. All the while, God was helping him to grow. First Peter says that as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow, grow up into salvation. The word of God brings nourishment to the spirit of a baby Christian, also to a mature Christian as well. If Christians are cut off from that nourishment, they uh, get malnourished and waste away. Likewise, when Christians are nourished by God's word, something amazing happens. Their lives begin to take on the character of Jesus. And they to see life from God's perspective. While Steve was a young Christian, he saw God work in miraculous ways too. Now, uh, this was in the late 60s. So, um, and this was the height of the anti war protest. These were in the days when uh, we uh, shut off I 5, remember? And uh, went in and demonstrated on I 5, the war. Once in 1969, at the height of the plan, there were plans by the left wing radicals to occupy the Navy recruiting headquarters on campus. Well, the right wing heard about it. And they organized their own plans to defend the building by force, if necessary. Uh, The stage was set for large-scale violence on campus. Run-of-the-mill election signs, you know, that you find in your yards were stripped of the cardboard, and the wooden stakes were fashioned into crude weapons to be used during demonstration. The stage was set. All the while this was happening, where were the Christians? I mean, where was Steve, really, who was was just at home on the left as he was on the right? Well, the students at Campus Crusade took courage. They took advantage of that day and their right to free speech. And just before the demonstration, uh, they organized their own function, and um, they went to the loudspeakers and preached the word of God to 1,500 demonstrators who had assembled. And what's more, they did something even more courageous. They prayed out loud for the demonstration. And while the left-wing radicals marched and the right-wing army of students massed for conflict, out of nowhere came this truck. Nobody had ever asked this truck to show up. The driver was lost, and he ended up driving right into the middle of the crowd. And um, the driver actually was, was headed for the school of uh, Uh, agriculture. Well, the students were angry that this guy showed up at all, and they stormed the truck. They took the wooden crates and knocked them down and broke them open, only to discover that the wooden crates were full of bees. (laughs) That's right swarms of bees descended on both the left and the right demonstrators. You have never seen a crowd disperse so quickly. Does God answer prayer? (laughs) In the coming days, Steve discovered that all the riches of the world aren't worthy to be compared with the blessings of finding and following Jesus. He began to live out the first law, really, of the four spiritual laws. Why? Because God's Word provides direction. God's Word gives us light to see what's really worth living for. If we're careless about the path, we'll wind up in misery. But God's Word provides us stability in our lives because it has authority to speak into our lives, Psalm 37, 31 says, The instruction of God is in his heart. His feet did not slip. Do you want that kind of assurance? I mean, that kind of confidence in your life? We do. Well, discover as you take in God's word and apply it, you'll gain amazing security like no other. Furthermore, God's word will light your way. 2 Peter 1 says, We also have the prophetic word strongly confirmed that you would do well to pay attention to it, as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. From that dark trash can, God's word lit up Stephen Steve's life. And God's word can light up our lives. God's word can light up your life. As logical as it may seem, from a worldly point of view, Steve set aside his studies in physics. He was in the middle of a doctoral program at the time. And he left and started a campus ministry with the Navigators at Central Washington University and later in Bellingham <laughs> at, uh, at Western Washington State College. And later, Steve returned to the UW campus and began teaching uh, Bible studies to undergrad students. Actually, he took classes just so he could live in the dorms and do that. During that time, a young undergrad student also met Steve. And this particular uh, undergrad story, it it kind of matched uh, Steve's life in spite of all that this... uh, This kid learned as a kid, um, the Bible was still a mystery. He felt that the Bible was old-fashioned, but it didn't apply. It was irrelevant. It was boring. It was hard to understand. But he wrestled with the same thing that Steve did. This undergrad wrestled in his heart in the turmoil that sin had caused in his life that he couldn't get rid of. And after getting acquainted with some people down in the McCarty Hall dining hall who talked about Jesus, he decided that he would also give Jesus a try. And so um, in his dorm room, on his bed, he gave himself to Jesus Christ. And one thing that changed that came over him, just like Steve, was his love for the word. He couldn't, uh, he couldn't wait for the time every Wednesday night when he would travel across campus and uh, enter into a discussion with four other uh, young believers led by Steve. Well, that young undergrad was me. That's my story. You might say I was the product of a garbage can conversion. How about you? Perhaps you're at a point, like Steve and like me, who once said the Bible was boring, it was hard to understand. And maybe it's because you haven't turned to Christ. Maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit hasn't um, given you the insight. It's called illumination. Maybe you haven't given yourself to him. And given Christ the throne of your life, God's word can illuminate your life and bring you purpose and direction and stability. Likewise, maybe you're a follower of Jesus and God's word needs to light up your life. Maybe you don't know how. Maybe you've tried, but you're struggling. Here's some recommendations. Number one, study it. Psalm 2 through 10 says, happy are those who keep his decrees. Seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. You have commanded that your precepts be diligently kept. If you're like me, I I can be diligent for about a week. (laughs) To be diligent in God's word over the long haul though, it takes help. My encouragement is this, join a community group where you can enter into with others and study God's word and memorize it and then hold each other lovingly accountable to apply it. Four days ago, I was uh, in a rehabilitation facility not far from here, uh, visiting one of our church members. She's 97 years old. She had taken a fall recently, and um, she was frail and weak, confused. But I knew the Lord could pierce through that confusion. She saw me and recognized me. I sat down next to her bed, and she took my hand, and she placed it on her cheek, you know, And so I, I took my other hand and placed it on her head. And I knew one thing that would connect with her. I began to share. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yea, I will help you. Yea, I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. I learned that scripture 50 years ago in Steve's small group. And God brought it to mind at just the right time. But I continued. In Psalm 103, you know, about how good the Lord is and how he rescues us, and how he he delivers us. Bless the Lord, all my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who heals your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And I saw her face just kind of light up. I learned that verse over 20 years ago in my community group. And the Lord brought it to me at just the right time. And he will for you too. And she's motioned to me that she wanted to say something. She couldn't really speak. She was too weak to do that, but she could whisper. So I put my ear down next to her mouth And this is what she said. It's not about me. It's all about God. Those are the most eloquent words I've ever heard. Brothers and sisters, that's the heritage highlights. That's the legacy that is being passed on to us, to treasure His word, to treasure Him more than life itself. For me to live is Christ. Next, obey it. Our mission here is to find and follow Jesus, really? And following Jesus means doing what He says. Psalm 19 describes many ways, actually, we can do this. Walking in the law of the Lord and in his ways, verses 1 and 3. Keeping his testimonies, verses 2 and 12. Taking heed thereto according to his word, verse 9. When it comes to obeying God, there's nothing more effective than the accountability of a loving friend, right? Again, i encourage you, join a, join a community group. And uh, you'll find that kind of a loving accountability. Next, remember it. Hide it in your heart. When we remember God's word, it only gives us a way to meditate on it, right? This means that we're to store it in our minds and treasure it. Now, memory gets a little more difficult as you get older, believe me. <laughs> memory of God's word, though, means that you just look at it so many times you don't need to look at it anymore, Right? That's what what the process is. It's the same whether you're young or old. Let's look at this. Verse 11 says this I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin. You want to say that with me? Come on. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against Let's say it again. I have treasured your word in my heart, so that I may not sin against you. Now we're going to repeat it without the words. I have treasured your word in my heart, so that I may not sin against you. And then you're going to do it without me. I See, you just memorized scripture and you've only repeated it four times. We can do this. Joshua eight says this, this book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but you shall meditate on it, which is the goal, day and night, so that you may observe to do according all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall succeed in whatever you do. In other words, Meditate on it. I will meditate on thy precepts and have respect to thy ways. Psalm 119. Next, declare it. In other words, include the word in your daily conversations. Every day in the morning, 10 a.m., my wife has the Bible open and reads it aloud to my daughter, Leanna. She's read it through in its entirety multiple times to her. And so we make that word a part of our life at our home. And there's other ways we can do that too, of course. Finally, rejoice over it. Delight in it. I rejoiced in verses 14 through 16. I have rejoiced in your decrees as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and think about your ways. I will delight myself in thy word. I will not forget thy word. Prophet Jeremiah had the worst job in the world, preaching to people who just couldn't give him the time of day. And Jeremiah was faced with rejection. He found delight, though, in the law of the Lord. He says, your words were found, and I ate them. And your words were of delight to me, it became the joy of my heart, for I bear your name. We do, O Lord God of hosts. And then again, in in Psalm 119, 97, the writer says, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You know what happens when we memorize and meditate on that? We begin to ask ourselves, do I really love? I mean, we ask ourselves a question. And you know what? We live into that verse. And we begin to change to where we delight in his word and meditate on it. You know, one thing I didn't mention on Steve's story was this. After Steve gave his testimony to those 150 students, two students came up to him after, his, uh, after the meeting, and he said, you know, we were the ones who distributed those magazines on campus. And we told ourselves if one person comes to the Lord through this, it would have all been worth it. And they were so thankful that Steve shared his story. I'm glad they did too. I am glad they did. The one guy on campus who had the greatest impact on my life as a baby Christian came, came to Christ through a magazine. He pulled out of a garbage can. And I'm sure glad the garbage man didn't come that day. <laughs> now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> I don't think the guy that wrote the article ever, ever discovered the impact that God's word would have as he, as, he, as he wrote that. Who could have imagined that a magazine found in a trash can would, would cause that kind of change? What was regarded as trash ended up in a cascade of salvation in students all over the state of Washington. How on earth? Because God's word illuminates. It's powerful. It's convicting. It's cleansing. It's freeing. It's directing. How about you? Let me encourage you. Treasure his word in your life and in your heart. Read it, apply it, memorize it, meditate on it. His precious, powerful word. Let's pray. Lord, we we come before you now. We pray that you would ignite our hearts to say, oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. May that be true in our lives. Lord, we pray that, that there's people here that may be watching online that, that need to make that decision, have the Spirit of God illuminate their hearts. They would say, Lord Jesus, I want to know you personally. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I opened the door of my life. I don't want to receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for giving me, for forgiving my sins and and giving me eternal life. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. When the Lord sees your heart, he knows. Father, we just come to you and repent in a sense. Lord, would would you help us to follow you with all of our heart? We just thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Would you please stand as we continue our worship?